How would it feel to have a thriving fitness business and have the freedom to enjoy life at the fullest? Well, that is exactly what the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Show is going to give you. My name is Matthew Park. This is Amy Filer. Hey, guys. And we are here to serve. Welcome to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jamie Filer, and I am joined today by one of our major client successes, Lauren St. Louis. How are you today? Good. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Now, you are someone who easily could have been a client success months ago um, because you essentially, you took off like a rocket ship. Lauren, what got you into personal training in the first place? What got, well, but what got you into fitness then subsequently to be a personal trainer? Yeah. So I'll rewind all the way back. Um, so I was a dancer first and foremost from the time I was little three years old my parents like put me in just because I never sat still and it was a an activity for me and I like was just like immersed in it I embraced it and like never stopped I never played any sports um I just really like took dance all the way um I competed in dance meaning like ballet modern jazz tap hip-hop the whole thing um so that was like my sport if you will Um, and then I went to college for dance. I, at one point I really thought I was going to pursue, you know, the professional path of being a dancer. Um, but somewhere along the way, like, as I was figuring out like my path, um, I was always very interested in how the body, you know, moved. I felt very blessed to be able to experience the body, like at its most abstract advanced form as a dancer. And there were, there were some things missing, like, um, nutrition, proper education on nutrition, how to optimize myself as like an athlete. Um, there was no like formal strength training back then, but then again, like we were all prone to injuries. I was specifically, um, I had a couple myself. Um, and so there was also a time during that, that phase where I developed a little bit of a complicated relationship with food. Um, I was, even though I was very small back then, now that looking back on pictures, I was like a little too muscular. I I felt big compared to all of the really, you know, skinny, uh, lean girls. And I really did. I, there was just, it, it was an internal wrestle. Like I was talented. I was passionate about dance, but there was just something that didn't sit right. I didn't feel confident. Um, and a couple instances where like I was denied opportunities because I just didn't fit the mold which I totally understand, but it drove me to really be curious about where do I fit in? What, what does dance mean for me? And also to understand like, okay, if I did need to lose weight, if I did need to become like a better conditioned athlete, like how, cause there was really no formal education on that at that time. Um, so then I decided to, you know, go to college for dance and exercise physiology. Um, and that's when I really like, became passionate about fitness now that I was like introduced to the whole world of the whole science, the nutrition, the training, et cetera. And then I started lifting seriously, realized how strong I was um, just at baseline. And I was like, 
wow, I feel amazing. My relationship with food started to change because there was more of a purpose to eating, like to build up versus take away. Um, and I just felt like I was now in a container, a place that my body was celebrated for what it was. And I right. really was like, wow, this is, I feel confident. I feel more myself. Um, and then the identity of a dancer started to slowly fade away as I became like really interested in powerlifting, bodybuilding, realized what my body was capable of, developed more of a knowledge for nutrition and how to properly fuel myself. Um, and then I became way more or way less confused about food, uh, you know, just more empowered as a whole. And then uh, after that, I was like, yeah, I really could see myself. This is like the direction I want to go in career wise. Um, and, it, and it took off from there. Amazing. So uh, it took off from there. You got your first, was Equinox your first job as a personal trainer? Where did you start? Yeah. Yeah. So as a part of finishing my degree in exercise physiology, you had to intern somewhere to get those final credits. So I did my internship with Equinox and then immediately just was hired right after and then, you know, stayed right all the way up until the point where I left recently. So that was like an eight year chapter from intern and then you move up through the tiers, um, one, two, three, four X, which is like the highest level of coach that you can be. Um, so that's where I, I, I started, I stayed, I developed, I learned, um, up until when I left recently in April. Amazing. So, I mean, we could talk a little bit more about your transition, but how did you know that it was time to leave? Cause eight years, I mean, at that point, you may as well get your tenure literally and keep going. What, what made you decide to uh, cut the cord, leave the nest, whatever? Yeah, yeah. So I had really daydreamed and wanted to have my own business at some point for probably three years before I left. Um, so it was a lot of like daydreaming, researching, but I knew I needed to, to really develop being a coach. Uh, it was That was around the time when I was a coach, not a trainer. Um, and there was a lot of skills that I felt like I really needed to develop before I went off on my own. So that was number one. Um, but then like towards the end of that, like towards the end of like year seven, I was bored. I didn't feel like I was being challenged anymore. I felt like I invested a lot of time to develop myself and felt confident in my skills and also didn't really feel like there were more opportunities available for me there. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to make more money. I had maximized my lifestyle with the money I was making, but like I wanted way more um, and just freedom. Like I was tired of just clocking in hours and like that being the only way you make money. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was just like, I'm ready to do my own thing. I want more freedom. I want to make more money on my own terms. And uh, yeah, that's, that's when I knew it was time to like start making some moves. So you, you live in New York city and based on what I remember, you can throw a quarter and hit a boutique facility, a crunch, uh, a row house, a Pilates studio, right? Were you ever nervous about going off on your own as an in-person trainer, knowing that the water is red? It is not a blue ocean. It is a red ocean in New York city. Uh, that's a good question. I actually wasn't maybe because there were a lot of my colleagues that left before me okay. and I, there was a lot of examples of how they were executing the businesses that they started. Um, yeah. But also 
once you've been in the game for as long as I was, I knew that I had a loyalty. I had a following clients were going to come with me. Um, yeah, the world, the New York city fitness world is, is saturated, but it's also small. And I, I did my research ahead of time. I knew where I was going to be training people. Uh, I knew who was going to follow me. And then, you know, that's also when TRM, I knew I needed like a, a different support network to help me like really feel confident in that transition. But, uh, no, I had a, a good security like system in place and I knew exactly how things were going to go at least to get me out the door. Um, but so no, I wasn't nervous, but it's like one thing to leave, but it's another thing to like really grow from there. So that's, I, I could, I guess I could say I was on, I was hesitant about how that was going to go. So then what made you decide to hire TRM and what has been the biggest benefit so far? Yeah. Um, so I knew I needed, well, my dream for my business is much bigger than I am now. And even before I, LSL Fitness started, I knew what I wanted the, the, the long-term game to be. And I was like, I have great skills as a coach. I, I'm organized and I'm, I'm good with like the business skills that I have. But in order for me to be held accountable and to be pushed to the level that I dream to be, like I can't do it on my own. And I also have been someone in the past where I would procrastinate or prepare as, as a form of procrastination. Uh, and I needed, some, yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew I, ne- I needed someone to push me, hold me accountable. And also like, I don't know how to scale a business. I know how to be a coach and a trainer, but I don't know systems. I don't know like financials, uh, you know, all the stuff that goes into it. Um, so, and I, I knew I just needed someone to hold me accountable, but also you know, push me and build a, build a bigger vision for me and like support me in it. What's been the biggest surprise, good or bad about going off on your own? Like what's something you could not have planned or prepped for? Just having to handle pretty much everything (laughs) a little, (laughs) a little bit, a little bit of everything all the time. Um, and even though there's your schedule for the day and the tasks you need to do for that week, like there's just always something you could be doing and just knowing how to manage that, getting in the headspace of like always thinking ahead, but also taking the moment to set some boundaries. And, you know, it's it's developing that balance of like working hard enough, but not overworking, but not slacking, but still pushing. It's like that pace yeah. Uh, and workload. What advice would you give for people who are struggling with their time management from overworking to not spending enough time with their significant other to maybe they've stopped training themselves just to be able to take on more clients in a day? Oh, yeah. That's one thing I never uh, like compromise, like my own workouts, because the business starts with you. Like if you don't have goals, if you're not working towards something, if you're not like doing the thing, I, at least for me, my business is, my clients are not going to do well and business is not going to do well. So the workouts always come first. Yep. I say with someone who has struggled with time management is look, like be thinking ahead, like a week ahead, a day ahead. Like I look at my calendar the night before I'm like very good with like, all right, this is how much time it's going to take me to work out. This is a buffer zone. I need to shower and get ready for my next meeting. Like 
really look ahead and block and plan and be realistic about what's necessary for each thing. And then set some boundaries too. Um, the first few months of my business, I was working all the time too much into the evening and I didn't spend enough time with like my boyfriend, people in, in, you know, my inner circle. And I got burnt down on that. And I was like, all right, some of this stuff doesn't need to be done right now. So like prioritize, plan ahead, look, look a day ahead, a week ahead, and like just map out everything as best as you can with some wiggle room. Right. Of course. Yeah. Allowing time uh, and space to put out fires. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you had a complicated relationship with food, um, but you're eventually uh, you healed that and your identity of a dancer faded away as you stepped more into your role of an athlete. But I know from coaching you that that complicated relationship with food formed one of the basis of the people you now work with. Absolutely. Can you say more about how you chose essentially your target audience, your target market? Yeah. um, So it's, I think some of the struggles that I had with, with my relationship with food was uh, the cycle of like over controlling, but then rebelling against the control that you put upon yourself, Uh, restricting, counting calories too much and not being realistic about what your body needs having anxiety about like going out to dinner and not, not being in control of what you're eating. It really comes down to like not being empowered with the knowledge that you need and like not having control was really the, the, the stressor. And I think a lot of women that I coach um, who have had a complicated relationship with food, it's, it's similar uh, in a way that is, it makes sense with their lifestyle. But um, yeah, I, I became the freedom that I found from figuring all that out for myself, I was very excited to help other women do the same. And it's, it's very cool to see that mindset shift, give them the skills that they didn't know existed in order to like change how they approach social situations. Um, you know, anything that involves making decisions, like to be able to give them that skill set is very gratifying for me. Um, so Yeah. Do you think it's essential to be a good trainer that you have to have empathy or have gone through what your target market has is going through? Yes, definitely. I mean, you might not be able to empathize fully, but either way, empathy as a skill, as a sense is is highly necessary because they're they're not usually going to be able to do what's necessary fully right away and they're gonna they're gonna go through stumbling blocks they're going to probably have some excuses or perceived barriers and you have to show that you understand you have to create a safe space for them to open up and all of that comes from empathy and if they if they feel safe enough to open up and admit where they're struggling then that's an opportunity for me as a coach to set some action steps, really strategize, because then they trust me to help them actually set some some action steps into place. Without that, it's just kind of like, well, you need to do this. Well, I can't. All right. So then. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, So you use the word skill in a number of different contexts. Question for you, again, if you're giving advice to other people, what skills and what psychology do you need to develop before you go off on your own? 
Mm, yes. As a business owner, right? As a business owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, time management. Uh, the ability to set goals and work backwards in like right. basically set goals and, and to be able to develop clear action plans that make sense. Yep. Organization has to be at a, a very high level. Yeah. Until yep. you have people that can help you, you have to be super organized. Um, yeah. A lot of log- just a lot of logistical skills, time management, organization, uh, clarity of your own goals. Um, what about yeah. psychology? What oh, kind psychology. of psychology? Yeah. Person do you have to be? What, uh, what do you have to develop within to be a good business owner, a successful business owner? Yeah. Uh, self-compassion, but intense confidence. And, uh, you're going to have to encounter imposter syndrome in a variety of ways, maybe some higher degree for others, less for others. But, um, I encountered having to do things that I was resistant towards that I didn't feel good enough to do that I felt scared to do any even though they had to get done I had to to meet that where it was and and do the thing and then deal with how I felt later which yeah. requires you to be bold courageous uh compassionate towards yourself because it's going to feel shitty but compassionate to say like you did it it's okay if it felt shitty, like that inner dialogue needs to be there in some like self coaching in a sense. Yep. Um, confidence, uh, which is always going to be like developing, I feel like for anyone. Yeah. But yeah, I think those, those three things, three or four things I said would be the top psychological. Yeah. Uh, and I skills. That's the perfect mix of, of strategy and psychology. Um, trying to think what has been the biggest, I don't want to say roadblock because you really not had a roadblock, but what speed bump? Like, you know, if, if you're asking, if, if you and I were doing a job interview and I said, okay, Lauren, can you give an example of a time in your life where you had to overcome what would be a hump business wise that you've had to overcome? Oh yeah. Myself psychologically. I'm, I'm, I'm meaning like social media, putting myself out there. That's like the biggest road. And it's, it's, it's improved a lot, but it, it's, that's been a a roadblock that will continue to need to be refined. Um, because I'm really good at the logistical stuff, admin. I love all that. I can easily be productive quickly and, and well, but putting myself out there, um, and switching my mindset from personal trainer to business owner, entrepreneur, social media, I guess, influencer, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, that, that's different. Yes. Yeah. I had to get used to putting myself out there in a, and not feeling like I was being showy or salesy or cocky. Um, and just like feeling like I was qualified enough, which I am, but for some reason, like I didn't have to promote myself before. So to promote myself now felt awkward. Um, and it just required a mindset shift. And it, it's gotten a lot better because I pushed myself to do things that helped move that along. But that was like the, the biggest thing initially is like changing my mindset and pushing myself to uh, become that, that person that I am working towards being. I love that. Oh my God, that's... 
That's beautiful and so profound. Um, before I let you go, any last minute words of wisdom, pieces of advice uh, from what you've learned, what you've experienced, anything we've taught you? Um, yeah, I mean, I've learned so much in TRM in such a short amount of time. I feel like I've fast-tracked towards fast-tracked in self-development in a way I didn't really know was possible. Um, yeah, just take baby risks. And everything that I've learned in fitness has directly applied to business when it comes to putting in the reps, baby steps, developing the skills and habits. Um, so anyone who's joining TRM, who's obviously in fitness, you have the skills, you just need to apply it to the business context. And it's going to feel, it might feel weird in certain instances, but uh, just keep putting in the reps, embrace the baby steps because they do matter. Uh, and they, they make, they make the success happen. And that's, that's what I've just had to keep reminding myself day in and day out. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Lauren. Um, where can people find you? Where are you around and about with your social media influencing presence? Yes. Uh, Instagram is the main source that you can find me. I'm also on TikTok, but Instagram is my like central social media hub where you can find the link in my bio. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where Instagram and TikTok. What's your Instagram, Lauren? Oh yeah. Lauren St. Louis. Thank you. No, no hyphen, just Lauren St. Louis, one word. Amazing. Guys, if you <laughs> like what you heard, go follow Lauren and her story. And she's just a shining example, a role model of what you should do uh, in the game. Please make sure if uh, you liked what you heard from us, follow us. Uh, we are at Trainer Revenue Multiplier on Instagram and Facebook. Please share the show. Put it on your Facebook, your Instagram. Tag us, rate us, share with your friends. And until next time, just keep killing it. Thanks so much. Thank Lauren. you. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Trainer Revenue Multiplier show. If you love today's episode, head on over to Trainer Revenue Multiplier on the iTunes and Spotify and subscribe to the show today. Take a screenshot with your phone of this episode and share on your social media and let us know any questions you may have, things you enjoyed about the show or things you want to see more of coming down the pipeline and tag us at Trainer Revenue Multiplier on your social media. And if you are looking for more real money-making, business-building things to help you grow to the next level in your business, have your more income and have you working smarter and harder in your business, then head on over to trmshow.com to book your free 30-minute business building call today. We look forward to hearing from you, serving you, and of course, delivering more impact for your business. Have a great day. Take care. Let's keep growing.